News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And good morning. This is Tool Talk Radio brought to you on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I'm Alan Gilbert, your host this morning. Joe is uh, a little under the weather for a little bit, so uh, we are here today, and I'm going to be joined by a couple of my friends. I've got Scott J. Carroll and Lori Osif hanging out with Max and I. And Max, we even let you out from behind the glass today. Well, wonderful. And I just wanted to wish everyone a very, very happy National Underdog Day. How appropriate. Oh, how wonderful. How did we get an underdog day? I don't know. But it was founded in 1976. And here's a fun fact for you about where the name underdog comes from. Mm -hmm. Underdog comes from shipbuilding in the 19th century. There would be when as a person is working um, uh, with wooden planks to build a ship, there was someone who sat there was someone who was working on top, and then there was someone who was working un- underneath who had all the sawdust get on them. So they were, And dogs back in the day was a term for planks, and so they were literally an underdog. Literally under the planks. You know, that's very appropriate for today because today's topic <laughs> is going to be all about home renovation. That's something I think we know a few things about. We, You know, all right, Scott... If I had told you that five years ago, you would get all excited about a gift card from a hardware big box store, you would have laughed at me. I would not have believed you. I would have told you to get out or call the doctor. Mm, Okay. But five five years ago, I'm a comedian in New Orleans. Yes. I'm on stage telling dumb jokes. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm a comedian here, but also... Have my own set of tools, some of which have their own names now. Yes. That is how you know you are truly, <laughs> truly in this, is when you start naming these things. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, well, good morning and welcome to the Brown Refrigeration Studio. Ta-da! And for those of you who are online with us this morning, you can watch the show uh, if you want to pop over to the 98.9 website. You can go to Facebook, and I do believe we're also still being broadcast on X. Correct, Abundo. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, let's dive in. And if you have any questions for us, you can always call us or text us on the Big M Roofing uh, hotline at 901-683-0989. And like I said, today's topic is renovation. Wow, what a <laughs> massive topic. If you ever wanted to test the your family's fortitude, if you wanted to find out who your real friends are, if you want to discover just how much money you can truly spend on something, <laughs> occasionally it is the word renovation. Renovation can be any level. It can start as, well, I'm going to paint this room Mm -hmm. all the way down to I'm taking everything down to the studs and going to start fresh and move this wall. And we've seen every level of that uh, (laughs) at, at, at at Lori's place, haven't we? Yeah, well, it, it goes further than that. So let's start with the word renovation. When should this word enter your mind? And I'm gonna look at Lori and go all the time. The word the word never leaves Lori's mind. So I was gonna say renovation is is a is a ongoing thing in my in my head. So yes. you know, I always look at something. How can it how can it be done differently? How can it be better? Is it serving my purpose? Is it not serving my purpose? So All right, I think that was the key word there. Is 
what you're looking at actually serving your purpose? Yeah. So this is a big question. This mm-hmm. is a big question. So you, you bought the house, you moved in, you, you own a piece of property, and this could be commercial or residential, mostly residential, Yeah. but it could be commercial. The big thing here is I'm going to go back to one of the things that I just love to antagonize Joe with is admit your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> your parents built, now if you're custom building a house, it's kind of carte blanche. Yeah, you can make whatever yeah. you want in there. If right. I want to put a twisty slide in, I can put a twisty slide in. Absolutely. I'm still working on that, by the way. I haven't figured out how to incorporate <laughs> the twisty slide. It's got to go around the stairwell, but I haven't quite figured that out. So yet. you're essentially making your house Pee Wee's Playhouse. I want to. He wants to. Well, she already has a spiral staircase in one of her houses. I do. I have a spiral staircase. So putting in a, sl- a, sl- a slide around that, you know. Oh, should, that see, would be yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, you made wheels turn. Yeah, you made yeah, wheels there's turn. There's a gerbil in trouble out there now. There is. Okay, so renovation. Admit your lifestyle. You purchase this house. You're looking at the house. And for those of you listening, you just kind of look around the house and kind of go, when was the last time you actually dined in the dining room? Do you even still have a dining room? A lot of houses today gave up and we went with the great room. Mm-hmm. Uh, our house in particular was uh, built in the early 90s, and there is no dining room. There's Correct. a little tiny breakfast nook. And they were like, yeah, we don't need that dining room. Just, yeah, and threw it away. Kind of throw them out here in the big middle. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we are. We're looking at this, and we're kind of going, all right, well, you know this dining room, living room, breakfast cubby, little chopped up rooms isn't working for us in the traditional sense. So the first reno I want to doc- talk about this morning is no demo reno, which I know Lori cannot comprehend <laughs> without taking a sawzall to a wall. Uh, but a no demo reno is basically let's rethink the ergonomics and flow of mm-hmm. your house. Because, Scott, your house is not set up necessarily traditionally. No, it's not. Um, our, our house in particular, we... We don't use the front door. Everything is done through the back. So all of our stuff, the way it's set in is when you come in the back, that's the first thing in the house. You see stuff in the kitchen. Our our little breakfast nook, we've never eaten in there because we have our other setup. Okay. And as you walk through, it's the level of comfort going into the living room and into the other room. And then we have um, the bedroom is an office and a studio. Okay. Which is very common these days now with, uh, in the post-pandemic world, a lot of people have that home office. Yeah, when we had to work from home, we had to figure out how to set all of that up. And most of our, most of everything we do in our house is just done in one area, just in the main living room. Okay. That's where the TV is. It's where, um, because there's just the two of us and we don't have kids, we don't have all this other stuff happening we're condensed with where we do everything. So we have these other rooms that we're not using in the traditional sense. Okay. So, and this is a big, this is a huge topic these days because kids are moving back home, kids are moving out. Maybe you've upsized, maybe you've downsized. But the real trick here, especially on a no demo reno, is what do you need this to do? Mm. 
of because I love picking on uh, people that you know still stalwartly have grandma's table sitting there. <laughs> and grandma's table may not have been touched in five years because you just don't do that anymore. You know, there's just not that specific room. Now, if you do have a traditional room used in a traditional fashion and that fits your lifestyle, fantastic. But really, honestly, who has a old-fashioned traditional lifestyle these days? Um, if if you have one, please let us know because I'd like I'd love to figure that out because there is this weird juxtaposition of modern versus traditional mm-hmm. currently happening with renos and houses. And he's a big thing right now for a mid-modern, uh, mid-century, last century, home. Because, well, let's face it, after World War II, we had a big housing boom for about 30 years. All right. Well, we'll be back in the next segment. We're going to talk about actually destroying a few things. So this is Tool Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. You have paid the price for your lack of vision. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Nothing like a little motivation. <laughs> All righty. Well, this is Tool Talk Radio. We're on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. We're being broadcast to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. And if you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you today on the Big M Roofing Hotline. You can call us or text us at 901-683-0989. And today's topic is renovation. And we've already talked a little bit about a no-demo reno. And that's anything from we need to paint a room to, you know Move the furniture over to here. We need a yoga studio in the living room kind of thing. You know, rearrange stuff. Don't, uh, you know, don't wait for spring cleaning. You got decent winter days. Go in there and... Maybe that bookshelf isn't working for you anymore. Maybe this isn't where it needs to be. Maybe you're getting that big TV for Christmas and need to mount it mm. to the wall and got to oh, move some furniture around. That's a quick way to clear out a room real fast. <laughs> Roll in with a 50-inch TV and see, see who doesn't give up a bookshelf. <laughs> so, the, well, those are all great ideas, but now let's let's get everybody all excited. We get to break stuff? We get to break stuff at this point. Hey, <laughs> that is so appropriate, Max. Okay. You have now looked at, and I'm just going to pick on my favorite combination, the, the dining room, living room, mm. which has that little half wall with the little thingy coming down at the ceiling. So it looks sort of like a doorway, but, but it's, it's wide enough. Really and you got the separation. And you have now decided this just ain't working for you. You want to make a big open You want to make a space. big open spot. Okay. What are some things you need to seriously think about before you get that crowbar and that hammer? So the, the, there's a couple of things to think about. Um, your first thing you want to check for is, um, is, there a, is there an outlet in that wall? Is there power in that wall? Mm-hmm. Um, because what's going to happen first is if you're going to take a sledgehammer to it and you hit that electrical, that, that has an opportunity to cause problems. The other thing that you want to check on is it's uh, very possible that that half wall uh, was put in that way because it is actually load-bearing and it's supporting something above it, especially if you have like a two-story house. You want to make sure that, you know, that wall is not load-bearing. 
So those are the first two things that you want to, you know, check on and make sure that you've got some kind of idea about because you don't just want to take a sledgehammer and a sawzall to something and go straight through your electrical wires because that's going to really ruin your weekend plans. You might have a bad time. Yeah, that 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 would that'd be difficult. Um, so some ways that you can check that. They do make devices that uh, will allow you to kind of see through the wall. Uh, you know, they have, uh, I don't not radar, but they have some sort of, you know, detection where you can see wires and pipes and things through the wall. So before you take a sledgehammer to it or before you take a sawzall to it, you can actually see what's in the wall as I've, far as wires people... and piping and, and that kind of thing go. So you don't want to hit any of those, or if you do, you know, understand what you're going to have to do, you know, once you get that down, because those will have to be moved, especially if it's water lines. I've seen people use um, uh, an infrared or a heat camera, like a, a FLIR camera, mm -hmm. to see if there's heat in the wall. And As they love to see. say, there's an app for that. Yeah. 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 There, there, there's an app for that. Um to determine if a wall is load-bearing, you're going to want to talk to an architect or an engineer of some sort uh, just to make that determination. Or if you have a, a professional contractor that you want to work with, they should be able to determine if the wall is load-bearing or not. Now, when we say load-bearing, just, just to be, you know, is, establish a, a, <laughs> a line in the sands here, what is a load-bearing wall? It means it is supporting the weight above it. So if you have a two-story house, chances are that the walls on the first floor are indeed holding the weight of the second floor on top of them. If you have a single-story house, there is a chance that the wall is going to be supporting your trusses across the top of the ceiling or across the roof line and supporting your roof. So... In some instances, it may be supporting the roofline. In some instances, it may just be a wall that's up there for, for show to separate the room. So there's a couple of a couple of ways that you can, you know, look at that. But you'd have to look into your attic um, to see what's going on uh, and look at how the truss, trusses run. Uh, what you know, are they side to side? Are they front to back? And then look at the. Uh, walls underneath to see if they're actually holding those trusses up so say it is a load-bearing wall mm -hmm. and you still want to get rid of it oh yes oh yeah what you do you totally do, do that. well that is when your building engineer or your architect is going to tell you what your options are because you're going to have to spread that weight somewhere else normally there's going to be some form of beam that you're going to have to incorporate into your building but there are also a lot of steps because when you take out the supports that are there, you have to provide alternative support before you take them out. Can you just go old-fashioned and gothic and use flying buttresses? Well, you know, in some <laughs> cases, yes. Um, there are actually a number of bizarre yet effective ways of keeping that weight where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So um, you're actually not that far wrong of... And now you, you, you have the image of, you know, chains and somebody hoisting something in, but that's uh, actually not that far off of being able to get up in there, provide alternative support before you remove the original. I mean, well, it ain't bro if it ain't broke, why fix it in terms of like methods of um, uh, like remodeling? It, you know, there's a lot of things, especially of uh, a tool called the plumb bob. 
And the plumb bob comes in really handy at this point because it is a really cheap, easy, amazing way of providing yourself with a straight line. Thanks, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what is a plumb bob? A plumb bob is basically a weight at the end of a string. If you ever went fishing, you've basically got one. Yeah. If yep. you've got a fishing weight and some string, you have a plumb bob. Whatever you, wherever you suspend it from, it will hang in a straight line straight down. Those go all the way back to arches. Mm-hmm. We're we're like the old Roman arches. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're in the Roman and Egyptian era yeah. when we go that. So so Max, you are very correct. There are a few tools that, quite frankly, just haven't really changed that much. So we've decided we're going to break something open. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening in right now, you can always text us. Or call in with a question on the Big M Roofing Hotline, 901-683-0989. And if you have any reno disasters you'd like to share with us, feel free <laughs> to let us know. And if you got pictures, that's even better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we've seen some pretty interesting reno disasters. So we've decided to break it open, and I'm going to add one extra little step to all this. So you did call somebody. You found out that this is just... Foo-foo walls. We can knock They're not it down. supporting anything. I'm going to go a step beyond just breaking them open. I'm going to say, go ahead and cut a hole in the sheetrock carefully. Don't stab all the way through the wall because you don't know what's in there until you actually open it. That is a very, very good point. Uh, I lived in a house in New Orleans and... Uh, one day I had to go underneath the house and I'm going underneath the house and I find a pile of old razor blades. This house was built, this house was about 100 years old when I moved into it. Right. The upstairs bathroom mirror had a little slot in the back of it. Right. And you would dump your used razor blades in there and it just went into a hole in the wall that went down to the the bottom. There was nothing in there to catch those. So that wall was full of 100 years of razor blades. Of had one where there was a, a windowsill and there was a bow in the sheetrock underneath it, kind of like just a little pooch mm-hmm. out in the sheetrock. And it turned out that being about an 80, 90 year old house, when grandpa had lived there, he liked to fidget. It was, you know, like he needed a fidget spinner. Mm-hmm. But what he would do was sit around and spin coins and his chair. Grandpa's chair was right, right there next, next to the, the windowsill, window and the windowsill had dry cracked, a little spot right in the dead center of it. So after he had gotten done playing spin the coin, he would just drop it down the crack. <laughs> and when we finally got around to this and we went to pop this thing open and, you know, we took the hammer and we gently kind of, and then it just like, it looked like a slot machine opening it up. There was probably 40 bucks worth of change from 60 years ago came pouring out of the wall. That was more than $40 worth of change. That was some old money. That was was, valuable money. (laughs) But just on face value, there was a lot of coinage in that wall. So you never really truly know what's what's in there until you look. So that is going to be my parting advice for this segment of the show. Now, when you come back, we're going to discuss one of my favorite topics, 30 Years of Stupid. Hmm. So this is Tool Talk Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. 
Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Okay, you know what? Shut up. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. How many times have you said that on site? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this is Tool Talk Radio brought to you on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. We're being broadcast from the Brown Refrigeration Studio. And my usual comment on the job site is, you know, move. That's true. You just just hand it here and move. Yeah, I, just, I, I know somebody who said specifically of you, Alan's got his hands on it. Just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's probably pretty right. So, <laughs> oh, she's always right. Yeah, we, we don't argue with her. So, uh, well, you know, and I, as we're diving into renovations, I'm gonna bring up one of our dear buddies of the show. As a matter of fact, the man who's running the studio here, uh, Brown Refrigeration, because. Let's face it, if you're going to renovate, you're going to change how the airflow happens in your house or what goes on with it. So get in touch with the good people at Brown Refrigeration, and they are an authorized trained dealer, and you can reach them at 901-362-1881. And another big feature I'm going to bring up with them is it's not just HVAC in your home, but also it's the heat. It's the air exchange. And the biggest thing is it's airflow. It's not necessarily the fact that you got the biggest tonnage unit you can get. If your house isn't flowing properly, if the pipes aren't clean, Mm. and these days I love to throw in the Remy Halo system. Because let's face it, it cleans particulate out of the air. And with these days, with every, I don't know, funky thing going around, it's flu season. uh, This helps eliminate and eradicate a lot of that. So get in touch with the good people over at Brown Refrigeration. Again, you can reach them at 901-362-1881. And yes, poor Larry Brown has been involved in any number of renovations with us. (laughs) And he also has some great stories to tell. Because the minute you begin opening up a wall or the minute you begin changing something about a building, you run into one of my favorite topics. Looks like a loose nail. Yeah, one out of 25 ain't bad. You don't have any code violations, do you? Nope. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? What do you think of the house that love built? Oh, shoot. (laughs) I affectionately coined this 30 years of stupid. Because you don't know what somebody did to your house or building 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, maybe 100 years ago, depending upon, you know, just how crazy you've gotten of, and I do mean anything from razor blades underneath the house, a wall full of coins, or the fact that somebody strapped a trailer to the side of the house. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah. of course, they're all nodding, so that works great on radio, guys. We got- <laughs> so, welcome to You Don't Know What You're Going to Find. And I have found over the years, all right, well, one, I have a really nice antique tool collection. You do. I have got saws, chisels, some really great screwdrivers. That you just find in the in walls. walls. Yeah. yeah. Somebody was working on it, left it there, it got sheetrocked over, plastered over, uh, insulated over. It's good. The other thing that you find is 
that you may be careful about maintaining your house, but the person that lived there 40 years ago wasn't, and there's nothing quite like opening up a wall and getting about four pounds of acorns. <laughs> mm. Or uh, going into a roof and finding a whole bunch of evidence that raccoons lived there for a while. My best one was about an eight-foot-long snakeskin. Did you keep it? Yeah, I had it for years. I, had yeah, it for I was going to say you better. But, but, you know, this is like, hmm, this means it was here. And it was eight feet. It was mm-hmm. eight foot long, but it needed more room. <laughs> so it's now <laughs> eight foot two. And does it still like living here? You know, the, there is a moment where you're just kind of going, you know, what, why am I doing this again? Yeah. There was also, uh, you and I were cleaning out a shed and there was a big pile of leaves in the corner. Oh my gosh. And you just went in and grabbed them. And before I could even say, I didn't move those because I think there was a loud hiss and a very confused possum <laughs> who looked at you with a look of, I was asleep? Yeah, he, he was. How dare you, sir? And then he hissed again and ran. Yeah, out the door, under I the was, building. I yeah. was quick, quickly behind. Yeah. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, there is just nothing like the sensation <laughs> of reaching down to pick up a pile of leaves and hitting warm fur. Uh, there is just, uh, it, it'll, um, it'll either start or stop your heart, one, one or the other, but you will have a reaction because... <laughs> You're just happy you found the end that didn't have the teeth in it. They have a lot of teeth. They have a lot of teeth on those things. So there is this really unique tool that I realize is probably newer to the market now. It's called a rake. And you but could, this was in the building. It's a pile of leaves. Rakes work even inside. <laughs> yeah, rakes rake work inside, outside. <laughs> Once it crosses know? the threshold of a door, it doesn't just stop being a rake. Well, I will have to confess, after that incident, uh, I did purchase... <laughs> A set of the <laughs> hand covering leaf grabbers. Those work great. They they do. They, they look do. ridiculous, but they work. I don't great. care. I look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. But you know what? Wolverine. No, they're not that good. No, oh, okay. it's definitely big hand paddles. You look like you're trying to. Yeah. You look like you're trying to catch somebody from a Johnny Weismuller movie. So, and if anybody got that out there, you're you're old. So. <laughs> So that's called the audience that you just alienated. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be the that would be you know <laughs> Johnny Weismuller. That's Tarzan. Yep, it's a Tarzan movie. Okay, so we're tearing open the wall. We've ex- we're expecting the unexpected, mm-hmm. and now is when you discover just how disrupting this is going to be to your life. Did they mm-hmm. put the the beams? In the right every 16 inches, or are they not? Is their insulation correct, or is there just no insulation? Is there that strange water pipe that is in no place at all, ever, on the plans of this building? Uh, how about that strange electrical cord? Is it actually hooked up to the foundation? Could that be a ground? It looks amazingly like an extension cord. Why has that run through the wall? The best one Lori and I came across one time was, is that a garden hose? 
Yeah, they were using. Is that a garden hose? There was a garden hose hooked up to the bathtub water line. A garden hose. Garden hose. Okay. And, yeah. That's um, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of the number of of laws that that's. Oh, the the it, the, the number of safety issues. Yeah. Just just not right. Stagger, that's, stagger the imagination. So you know, welcome to. The bizarreness that you can find. One of the weirdest things I found inside a wall, and I thought this had to be like the cruelest practical joke ever, was that there was, and it was standard Romex, it was electrical Mm -hmm. lines, but apparently they had removed a wall socket from a wall, but instead of putting a junction in the wall like you should have, they just basically popped the... A grounded socket. That would be the one with the little the, uh, on and off. You know, yeah, the little you know the little grounded safety sockets for like a bathroom. Yeah, and they just hooked the wires to the other side of it and ran it on down through the wall. So basically, you had a socket being used as a junction that had the ability to be tripped. So basically, a a fire. You had a fire, a potential fire. No worse. You had a, well, you A, had a potential fire because there was no backing on it or anything like that. It was just in the wall. No insulation. But you also now had the ability to trip the power at the end of this and having absolutely no way of being able to find Where it, it back to the breaker because it would have tripped inside the wall. Okay. So it's a ground ground interface. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, so we open this up and we look at this and we go, we don't know where this wire goes. Yeah, we're going to find out. But, you know, at the moment we open the wall, we're looking at it and we're like, we're all standing there staring at this thing like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure how this, they thought this was going to work. So. It doesn't. That's the problem. Well, it had worked. And it's just, if this thing had tripped. You know, for it, any it reason, been... you you'd have never found it. No, you'd have been, you'd have been literally had an electric. You'd have found it when the electrician was opening the walls, trying you know trying to find the wire something chewed through. So you open these walls and you find these problems. Right. What do we do? Well, that is exactly the the point I want to make. Is now that you've found it, you, you got to fix, fix it. And that's where, you know, you may be calling a plumbing professional. You may be calling an electrician. So before you did your renovation, did you allocate X amount of dollars you were willing to spend on this? And the other thing is, where in your goal are you on this? How far along? Is this a minor renovation? Is this just some kind of odd 1960s weird wall decoration you're trying to get rid of? Or are you actually combining two rooms? Mm. So if it's a really minor type thing, you know, an electrician may be able to come out and rerun that Romex and put in a proper junction. And now you can have actually your wall socket back in the wall. Or a plumber would be able to just extend the line that few extra inches to go into the new wall and come down and you wouldn't have any interruption of service. But I always warn everybody, be prepared in your thoughts, especially if you're trying to do all this yourself. 
know where you need to pick up the phone and call a professional. I also, um, the the standard uh, holdback is uh, 10 to 15% over whatever your budget's going to be. Yep. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I've been cooped up in the studio too long. I've forgotten what it's like to be outside working next to men who know what they're doing. News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. This is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. But do you know what you're doing? You know, we we fake it good on radio. They can't see our facial expressions. Well, they can because well, we're on camera. Yeah. So, and if you are out on the internet today, all you got to do is dial, uh, tune into or look up the uh, website for News Talk 98.9. You can watch us on camera. You can also see us on Facebook and you can catch us on X. So you can actually see how well radio is made. And we do have a beautiful studio here at the Brown Refrigeration Studios. It is quite nice. It is. And I'd also like to throw in that uh, not only can you see us while we're on here live, you can follow us at any time you want. All you have to do is browse over to tooltalkradio.com, and we are fully podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. So please pop over, give us a like, and, you know, for heaven's sake, subscribe, and that way you can take us wherever you want. And if nothing else, I've been told we make amazing background sound. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, I don't have to listen to it noise. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, I can just, you know, I have people talking, and it's like being in the office. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's nice, happy people wanting to tear up your house. So, and speaking of tearing up your house, uh, we have to... Uh, Mention that you can always give us a call and or text at the Big M Roofing Hotline at 901-683-0989. And that brings up Mr. Jay Hill over at Big M Roofing. And for those of you looking to do renovations, and we are into the winter season with our winter storms, and Big M Roofing specializes in, well, taking care of the exterior of your home. Whether it's siding, whether it's storm damage, and most importantly, it is the roof. As let's face it, if your roof's not in good shape, your building won't be in good shape for very much longer. So Big M Roofing is more than happy to come out and take a look at it. And especially if you're looking at dealing with your insurance, because Jay is a former insurance agent and he speaks the lingo. Which is really important. You need someone who understands and can translate. It, it, it really is. It is time for a specialist at that point. So if you have any roofing needs or questions, get hold of Jay Hill. You can get a hold of him at 901-484-5645. I need to get, bring my glasses in. I'm yeah, you little, need your peepers. It's getting a little small here. So, uh, speaking of all of that, doing a little demo, tearing stuff up. A, it's always good to have the right tools. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's good to have uh, a good pry bar, good hammer. Of uh, One of my favorite tools is, of course, a reciprocating saw. Mm-hmm. They are really capable of getting rid of a lot of stuff really fast. And Scott, you have uh, today's must-have item of the week right there. I do. This is a mini pry bar. And this is the most useful tiny tool (laughs) I have ever had my hands on in existence. Uh, There are multiple versions of these you can find at the big box store, but this particular setup is, is my favorite. It's got 
the top of it is thicker and it's got like the back of a hammerhead, mm-hmm. so you can grab the nails. And the bottom of it is like your classic pry bar. But it does so much more. It does. <laughs> it we we have used this to chisel out sheetrock. Yep. We have used this to uh, pull out wood. We have used this to move a wall a couple of inches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've done all that. It is tiny and it is powerful. And, and you know, as a technicality, if you if you're going to look up it online, it is technically a staple and nail puller, but it is indeed a mini pry bar. And we're talking, it is amazing. We were talking about it being National Underdog Day. Mm. This is the underdog in your tool bag. <laughs> this little guy or gal right here, it sits in the tool bag. And when you just need that one weird spot, that one nail that's not coming out, that one thing that it's just too big for any other tool to get into, this is the thing you need. It's comfortable in your hands. It has the right weight. And it'll just wreck anything you need to wreck. Did you ever think you were going five years ago? Again, I love picking on you for this. Five years ago, did you ever think you would be waxing poetic about a little mini crowbar? No, five years ago, I did not think I would be chauffeuring somebody else through one of the big box stores going, Well, this is the kind of tool you need for this. <laughs> I no, but I will say, in, in all the time we've been doing this and that I've been helping you on these sites, the knowledge not just from tools but the the other life knowledge of going i know how to fix this now mm-hmm. has helped out immensely on other random things that have come up right, i'm gonna mm-hmm. spin around and look at max for a second and say all right max you've been toured through a big box store here recently correct describe your experience and uh, illumination well it's one of the best times to do it because everything's on discount (laughs) (laughs) but in addition to that one of the nice things that i've kind of found is like it's the difference between perception versus reality you might think that you need a particular tool um, uh, because you know like everyone else has that and everything but a lot of it is you know there are some things that you think you need uh, some things you actually actually need versus um, uh, but what I find, found kind of fascinating or what I kind of found humbling is the fact it's like, well, this is just the getting started point. You're going to keep adding on. <laughs> this isn't this isn't like a one and done. It's like, all right. Oh, no. It's like, all right, you, you lose that razor blade. Well, guess what? There's a whole sea of other razor blades that you can get. There's mm-hmm. a there's a whole other like section of there's a whole different, you know, like. How many, How many different hammers are there? Yeah. I was about to get to the hammer talk. <laughs> but now I was about to put the hammer down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday I realized there were two of my hammers inside the job site. Mm-hmm. And yet there were still three different kinds of hammers sitting in the tool bag in the truck. I mm-hmm. have at my house, I have two house hammers. <laughs> because one of them has a little removable rubber tip that you right. can use just if I need to knock something gently. Right. And the other one is for, no, you're getting in there whether you like it or not. And don't even get me started about the different, the sea of different types of saws that you can get to. One of my favorite ones, though, is like the Japanese saw where it has the blade on two sides. Mm. It's, mm. Like, it's like cooking. Uh, I have a cooking show and I love to cook. And the amount of knives that I have that are, this is a task-specific knife versus I can still use it for multiple other things is the parallel there has always been fascinating and fun too because I can look at it going, I could use the hammer or the knife on this chicken. Which one do I want to do? Which one's going to make the biggest mess and the most noise? No, be the most fun. 
Oh, yeah. Well, yep. same thing. <laughs> do I want to be a barbarian to my chicken or do I want to be a samurai to my chicken? I'm thinking taste. Flavor? Oh, no, no. no. We'll, we'll get to, get that, to that, that in a minute. We're still dealing with the tools here. <laughs> uh, so, in, you know, in deference to your, your Japanese saw, I have a uh, small, what is known as a flex saw, which is a grandchild of your, your Japanese double side saw. And it is... Uh, recently gotten a massive amount of work because we've been working with a lot of foam, a lot of fill-in-the-gap foam, which, mm-hmm. of course, comes bubbling out and makes the lumps and stuff everywhere. And this little flex saw is the perfect tool for lying it flat on the surface and, and just easing that off so it's nice and smooth and now ready to be mudded or taped mm-hmm. or sanded or whatever it needs to be. So... Going to the tool, guys, and and you know, ladies and gentlemen, tools are addictive. Yeah, <laughs> tools are addictive because once you start, you know, once you start learning your way around that tool aisle, uh, it is to the point where I have at least six different shovels. Yes, and they all have names. They they all yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's the trenching shovel. The Dexter. general spade, the yeah. wide spade, but then there's everybody's favorite shovel, and it is a root cutter. Mm-hmm. And the first time I pulled this out at a job site, everybody looked at it and went, wow, you have a murder shovel. It, because, is, it is the shape of a thinner spade, but the sides of it are jagged. Yes. They, they have, it's serrated. Yeah. And yeah. then it has the two big cutting points at the tip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will say... Especially in the Mid South, being you know, being the show is you know, we all live here in Memphis. We are broadcast from Memphis. Of we have a lot of roots in clay soil, and a good roof root cutter shovel makes a big, big difference to getting into the dirt. It does. So proper tools, the real tool you want to have, all of that is going to be a lot of fun. Now, this is about the wrap-up for hour number one of Tool Talk. We'll be back hour number two, and we're going to start off with how to actually plan and scheme your renovation for the best possible results. The most so, exciting part. Yes. This is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, The War of Memphis, and we will be right back. News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Yo, and I'm Alan Gilbreth, your host today. Joe is a little bit out under the weather, so I convinced a couple of friends of mine, Scott and Lori, to come in and join Max and I. And today we have been talking all about renovations. Should yes. you renovate? Should you tear stuff up? What to do if you're going to tear stuff up? And Max, I understand that we've got a few uh, text in on the Big M Roofing Hotline at 901-683-0989. What do we got? Well, for one, we have Angel texted in. Um, uh, they said, I now have a new skill set because of renovations. My favorite is breaking sheetrock. Oh, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> that is... Uh, there is an art to it. There is an entire art form and uh, of... Uh, my assistant on this current job I'm working with has raised it to uh, a performance art form. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I get to break sheetrock anymore. Pretty much she steps in and takes care of that. 
Uh, who else we got? We got our Agent 732 on the line. They said sockets and light switches are common places for people to hide valuables and or SD cards. They don't want others to find. Uh, there is a true case mm-hmm. of a facility we're working on of in all places, Belzona, Mississippi. And the person that had been there had been a uh, the 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 great the the great depression. Mm-hmm. The, you know, back in the thirties, this person had lived through that, and we found no 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 exaggeration. We found over fifteen thousand dollars hidden in every possible place you could think of to hide money. It was in books. It was in bedpost. It was literally in the mattress. Mm-hmm. I know that's an old movie trope. It was honestly true. We honestly had to take the entire room apart piece by piece, and we would find a ring, an earring, mm-hmm. um, a gemstone, um, a keepsake. a you know, And it was just, it took days. Should have been about a three-hour clear out. <laughs> But, you know, when you picked up the first book and you went, this book feels weird, and you popped open in the middle, and it was the pages were cut out and shape the- stuff were, yeah. So these days, especially with modern electronics, uh, I was watching an old movie. Uh, it was uh, Johnny Monomic. And, you know, ooh, it was an 80 megs something. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I, I, got, I got chips I could swallow and not notice that are a terabyte mm-hmm. these days. So... Yes, you are correct. Uh, some people do find weird places to hide stuff. Another thing is you will discover as you do re- uh, renovation and you do demolition is the number of places children, and you have no idea how they got there, manage to leave a toy. Yeah, uh, ki- kids are flexible and they can pull, they have way more strength than you think. And they can pull themselves up and into, like, on top of closets or into nooks in your house you didn't know existed. Yes, but how did the teddy bear get in there? I mean, it's inside a sealed wall. How did a teddy bear get in there? Unless, you know, a workman left it there. Mr. Stuffy wanted to go exploring. Mr. Stuffy went exploring, let me tell you. Everyone Um, knows that when the kid goes to sleep, the toys come to life and they go on their adventures. Well, he just got left behind. Just <laughs> no, no toy left behind wasn't followed that day. No. So, all right. Well, Lori, I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to say, all right, we have decided we don't like this wall. Let's talk about the actual things you should be planning so, at this moment. Yeah. So if you if you have decided that you need to take the wall out and you want to open up a room and and make it bigger and more spacious, et cetera. Um, so, and we'll also assume that the wall is not load bearing because if it is a load bearing wall, that is an entirely different conversation and that's a whole nother hour. So, um, non-load bearing, you're just going to take the wall out, um, is the flooring between the two rooms level. Let's start there because if it's an older home, there's a chance that the floor between the two rooms may not be entirely level. You want to check that first because if you're going to build back over or if you're going to put down some other type of flooring, you want to make sure that your flooring is level. Um, what is the overall design of the room that you have in mind? You know, are you going to use it as a you know one big living room? Is it going to be 
the TV room? Is it going to be how? What? How do you want to use this room? Um, but I mean, just taking out the wall, putting up some sheetrock, and painting it over certainly does is going to increase your space. It's just you know, what else do you want to do with it? Do you want to do some built-ins? Do you want to? You know, what color is it going to be? I mean, and color is actually a big deal because mm. does it does it match? It has to coordinate with the floor. So are you going to just extend the flooring from one room into the other? Are you going to redo all of the flooring? There's there's a lot of questions to ask that, you know, while you're going through the design process that you don't think about that you need you need to kind of, you know, kind of work through. There's um, several websites online. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention any of them. We'll but just leave it as there's numerous websites online. There are online. numerous websites online yeah. uh, that you can actually peruse pictures of what other people have done in their renovations. And um, not necessarily befores and afters, but just afters as far as, you know, what professional decorators or professional architects have done and designed to give you ideas about what you could incorporate into your design. Uh, one of my favorite things is uh, I am in the middle of doing a DIY uh, renovation, as you guys are very well aware. And one of the things that um, I incorporated into the master bathroom was I wanted a shelf. Mm-hmm. And when you're down to studs, adding a shelf or adding something into uh, the design becomes much much easier than you know if you're just trying to renovate or just paint over it if you do take something down to the studs you can incorporate additional little touches that make sense for how you want to use the room or how you know additional little things that a contractor wouldn't necessarily think about because they just want it you know they just want to put it up be done with it whereas if you're doing it yourself you have an option of, of putting in some extra touches that you wouldn't necessarily normally hit, normally see in a house. Okay. So a lot of thought, maybe get a pen and paper out, sit mm-hmm. down. And another thing, give yourself a rough drawing. I, you haven't got to be an artist. Just give yourself a rough idea of we're starting here and this is the goal. And I'm going to throw in a cautionary word about this type of renovation for anybody here at the end of this segment and say, if I don't like it, is no reason to renovate it. You need to know where it's going to land. So mm-hmm. this is Tool Talk Radio and News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I'm always thinking one step ahead. Like a carpenter that makes stairs. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Alrighty then. <laughs> oh, this is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis brought to you, being brought to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. And feel free to give us a call or a text on the Big M Roofing Hotline at 901-683-0989. And today's topic, if you're just joining us, is renovations. Feel free to go back and listen to the last hour. You can pop on online to Facebook and actually watch us as we're sitting here live in the studio. You can also pop over to uh, not only Facebook, you can also go to the 
Mm, I'll think of it in just a moment as my brain went completely brain blank for a second. Yeah. It would be the webpage for uh, News Talk 98.9 and or X. And you can watch us stumble over our notes. <laughs> so, uh, We're professionals. Absolutely. Uh, welcome to renovation, tearing stuff up, and hopefully coming out better on the other side. Uh, and that is my most cautionary tale. I, I cannot tell you, well, I'll be just blunt. I make an awful lot of money off of people that went, I got started and got lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's really easy to tear something out. It's really hard to put it back. Especially if you don't know what you wanted to put back. Uh, one of my favorite things to do to somebody that I know is to tell them, stop thinking. Not you've possible. Had, you, you've had your thought. Now it's time to make it happen. Because if you do not have a clear landing zone, a clear goal here, you're not going to land. So we tore out the wall. We've cut everything out. Everything's been moved. It's time to put it back. Where do we start? All right, we're going to start with the studs. (laughs) So we have a clean idea of what the shape of something's going to be. Mm -hmm. And Lori's case, she wanted to add a shelf to a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the back of the shower, as a matter of fact. So mm-hmm. by taking it all down to the studs, the tub was moved appropriately. The wall was buttressed out. And by buttressed means we added more two-by-fours. Not flying buttresses. Not, Not flying, flying buttresses, buttress. but just buttressed as in it needed to come two more inches this way. Well, guess what? There's two more inches of wood. Now it came out that way. In this case, it was four inches because the two-by-four went on top of it. And now you have a small landing shelf, and now it's time to begin sheetrocking and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell people once again, you cannot renovate if you're in a hurry. That is true. If is you true. are a DIY, take your time. I know it's disruptive. I know everybody in the house is on your back because something's broke. Honestly, one of the best bits of advice that you gave me on site one day was, if you want to go faster, slow down. Yes. And I took that to my job, to my my day job. And we had a day where it was this insane amount of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to slow down. And it actually worked. It mm-hmm. it made everything go faster in the end. Yeah. yeah. Be comfortable. Of, and this is where I will throw in, you know, YouTube is usually my, my, my whipping child for this kind of business. But if you're not really good at mudding and taping, go watch several videos mm-hmm. and then don't be afraid to practice. What's the worst that can happen? You got to take this piece off and put a new piece on. Big deal. But you really can't be a grown-up mentality of, I've never done this before, so I'm going to do it perfectly. That doesn't... Not, that doesn't no. no, you it, have it, to practice. Yeah, you, is everybody's going, no, nah, I ain't going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I've used uh, YouTube videos for, uh, for two separate purposes, yet similar. If you have no idea how to, you know, install a sink, or if you have no idea how to wire an outlet... And you want to give it a try. 
absolutely, you know, watching a video on how to do it, how to do it safely, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to do something with electricity, because obviously you want to make sure the electricity that an outlet is off. There's there's things that you want to verify. Watching those videos is a great source of information. And if you are comfortable, you can try it yourself. If you're not comfortable, you are now armed with knowledge and don't just watch one, watch several, as Alan mentioned, on how to install a sink. Watch mm. a couple of different YouTubers and see how they do it. Because if you have to hire that job out, when the person comes in to give you an estimate or if you're looking at their work as they're doing it, you now have some idea as to whether or not it's correct. Mm. So even if you don't have to do it yourself, YouTube is a great source of information, even if you're hiring stuff out, because now you have some basis of knowing if the person you hired is doing it right. And I think you raise a really important point of your comfort level. If you are not comfortable doing it and recognizing where your boundary with that lays, understanding this is a project that I would really like to do but I cannot do this. Right. And knowing this is one I have to hire out. Right. Is a really important, because I think there's a lot of people who might go, I've watched the video. I don't really think I can do this, but I got this. And then you end up having to hire someone later and it ends up costing more. Right. And one of the things that I think I I got very lucky about is uh, the renovation that I'm doing is to a home that I don't live in. It's to a home that nobody currently lives in, which means um, if I take a risk and I want to cut out a wall or I want to redesign something, um, I can take that wall down. And then if I figure out later, oh, well, whoops, it's actually holding something up or it, it had a different purpose that I didn't understand. I have the time to fix it and it's not in, you know, infringing on my ability to use a bathroom or it's not infringing on, you know, uh, putting, you know, filling in the whole wall or inside posing of the house. A, or a, posing a safety risk for anyone. Yeah, posing a safety risk at all um, because it is in a house that I'm not living in. Um, so I've been able to take a little more risks, whereas if it's a house that you currently need to function, that's a little bit riskier. And, you know, uh, in some cases, calling a professional is might might be a better option. Just throwing that out there. Well, <clears throat> big thing is you also discover as you finish, wow, projects can never end. Because, <laughs> yeah. well, we wanted to put, you know, we wanted to get rid of this little little hump in the wall. All right, this was fabulous in the 60s as a built-in drink stand. Nobody's used it since 74. So we've cut this out. We've... Gone back in and made sure there's a little cross member in the wall. We've put the sheetrock back up. We've we've sanded it. We've mudded and taped. We've sanded again. It all looks smooth. We've painted it over, and that part's now gone away. Well, you know, we could add a little molding here. Mm. We could add a little touch there. We could, you know. Now another advantage, and this is of gonna I'm gonna look at Lori and go. Uh, one of the things that Lori's done in the, her current project is to think about the actual use of that wall. And mm-hmm. there are a number of walls in this project that has got a lot of extra lumber in it, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Yes. 
two by six and two by eight cross members because that's where the television's going to hang. Or this is where those cabinets are going to attach. So this type of overbuilding of works amazingly well because now really you can hang whatever size TV up here you want and now you don't have to worry about finding the stud because you now have a four foot solid a solid of- eight inch wide block of supported lumber in that wall so that when you do sheetrock over it and you're now going to put the hanger up that TV is going to stay bolted nicely and firmly mm-hmm uh, yeah. With the, the closets, too. I know we, we took time to make sure that there was support in there as well. Right. There, there's a couple of things that uh, if you're if you're adding a closet or renovating a closet, um, we we put those extra backer boards, you know, the 2x8s and 2x6s between the studs. And uh, those are in the closets to support the closet systems, the future mm-hmm. closet systems that will be in that closet. Um we put extra backer boards uh, actually in the laundry room as well because there's going to be a set of barn doors that cover the laundry area. So, so when we- we're saying things like cross members and backer boards for right. people who might not know, between the 2 by 4 sheetrock studs, we took a longer piece of 2 by 6 or 2 by 8 turned it on its side so we've got the long part mm-hmm. up and attached it to the studs. Yes. Right. So it is like a solid wall for that bit. And in the back of the pantry, there's actually going to be a hidden of uh, sheet of, she- uh, not sheetrock, but plywood. Mm-hmm. So as the wall system is installed into the back wall, instead of installing it just in the soft gypsum, it actually has a half inch wood backing. Three quarter. That. Yeah, it's actually a three-quarter because we use the really big, thick stuff because it might be my kitchen. You know, be really full of spices. Uh, and these these little extra touches, as we love to, love to mention, if you're doing a DIY and renovation, there is no law against overbuilding. Thank God. You can't, you can enjoy yourself. You can go crazy. You can go crazy. And I love that you mentioned going crazy because in our great moments in building history, when we come back in just a moment, we're going to talk about the Himije Castle, which is probably the single most photographed and movied uh, Japanese castle in the world. And we're going to tie that into home renovation, believe it or not. This is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, the Roar of Memphis, and we will be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Gonna paint our wagon, gonna paint it good. We ain't bragging, we're gonna coat that wood. News Talk 98.9, the roar I still of Memphis. picture Joe just singing and carrying along with it. You know, so. <laughs> Joe, hope you're recovering out there, my friend. This is Tool Talk Radio, News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis, brought to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. And for those of you at home with your internet, you can watch us on live. Yes, yes. Yes, everybody's waving. Uh, we have uh, the Facebook page for 98.9. We've got the website for 98.9. And, of course, you can pop over to X and follow us all there. Another reminder, you can take us with you anytime you want, everywhere you want. Pop over to tooltalkradio.com, and if you have a Spotify account, we're a full podcast there, and we are also a full 
uh, podcast on YouTube. So take us anywhere you want. Like us, subscribe, ring the bell, let us know you're out there. And for those of you listening around the world, I uh, get to say hello to New Zealand and Norway because apparently uh-huh. we're picking up quite a few listeners in both of those places. Guys, don't be bashful. Text us some questions. Send us some pictures. We'd love to see and hear what your home improvement issues might be around the world. Or renovation things or how, how you're dealing or with... Or renovation uh, things, yeah. yeah. So, Well, Max asked me this week if we could talk about... And now... Great moments in building history. Well, let's take a trip to southeastern Japan to a city of Kyoto, which was the old capital of Japan, to a castle known as Himeji, which in Japanese translates to the way of the princess. Mm -hmm. Mm. And the interesting thing about Himeji is that tying it to home renovation is like all our houses is it's it's in a constant state of becoming. Yes. It's never really been a stagnant structure. Well, let's go Let's go start to the beginning of this. Himeji has its origins in the 14th century. Mm-hmm. It was bequeathed to a lo- local shogun, and then eventually the it was demolished. And then let's fast forward to the 16th century when we get to the Tokugawa era, which was the main, di- which was the main um, uh, ruler who kind of helped unify the country when, when it was in a state of civil war. He bequeathed that to somebody else. Guess what? More demolition. Yep. And then eventually we finally get to the final form that it is today. Emma, that takes us to that takes us to 1618. It, one of its final expansions. One of the beautiful, um, one of the most notable features of Himeji Castle is its vibrant whiteness in terms of its plaster tiles on the on the on the um, uh, on the roofs and also like the. And the how and like the structure itself, because back in the day they felt that this was um, a good as a flame retardant, because mm-hmm. it's essentially like a wooden structure, so you don't want that thing going bursting into flames. No, no, no. it's also no. known as the white heron. And for those of you who haven't looked it up on the internet yet, uh, you have seen this in movies like Shogun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen this in any you know feature of Japan. This is actually one of the most visited UNESCO World Heritage Sites in the world. Uh, for all of the the world, all you have to do is picture the really big, tall White House with the curvy with the curvy corners and the roofs. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Of and it's big, but one of the things about it, it is a it is a network of 83 different rooms. And as Max has said, it's never truly stopped being renovated. It's sort of like you could compare it to <coughs> Japanese Winchester, the version of the Winchester House. Exactly. And the the interesting, the most recent com- what, um, renovation occurred in 2015 when they were trying to renew the luster of the roof tiles. Because what's interesting about the way that the roof tiles were made is they use a very special type of plaster, which was mixed with sea, which was mixed with a substance of seaweed. And not only that, but it also had fine. Um, a ground stones put into it to kind of give it that white luster as well. And what I also like about it too is the fact that it, of all the different little subtleties that it has inside it, everything from the di- three different layers of moats to the different defenses that it has, that's the thing that I found the most fascinating because there's like helical structures, that spiral structures that go all around the castle 
one of the best ways to um, uh, encounter to defeat your opponents is to make sure they don't ever get to the castle at all. And right. that's why they have the spiral helical structures. And then if that doesn't work, there's always the loopholes. And then there's these things called the stone drop windows or the Ishi Otoshi model, which is essentially like, all right, you take a little bit of the you take a little bit of the wall, recess it out, and there's this little holes that you could drop stuff out of. I was reading uh, about this before. There's, it was like something just over three miles of wall before you get to the build the castle itself, main made mainly to distract and confuse any potential invader. The epitome of admitting your lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's like over like 300 gun racks in there for like arquebuses because, you know, that's that was around the time where like firearms were first introduced to Japan. And so why not take advantage of that? Well, and here's kind of uh, besides the tourist aspect of it, which it does get about a million visitors a year there. Yes, there are a lot of people visiting this. It is very beautiful. It's beautiful grounds. You get to go walk around it. And as Lori said, this is kind of a admit your purpose or admit your lifestyle, so that when you are looking at a renovation, so you know we're gonna we're gonna pick on the hijime because it has constantly been updated, renovated, and made more modern. And it served different functions because there was a time in Japanese history where the samurai were no longer needed, and so it served more as like a diplomatic house. Exactly. And now it is a uh, like I said, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And here's the great thing is over the years, it has changed its functions. It's moved from one type of survival to another. Mm -hmm. It's been rebuilt a few times. It's been renovated constantly. And it's still in great shape. It's It's not a ruin. When you get there, it is a fully functional antique, for lack of a better word, antique building with modern amenities. And you know what I liked about it, Alan, when I was taking a virtual tour of Himeji Castle, is it's not like a lot of castles that we see in Western cultures. Right. What, what I like about it is the empty space and how the structure itself is almost the character when you're taking a tour because it's relatively empty aside from a, a few exhibits that like display different artifacts, which is a lot different from when you're going to see like, you know, like the Winter Palace or Versailles, it's like, oh, look at all the extravagant furniture. Well, Himeji Castle, it's the structure itself that is beautiful. Exactly. And also, the, the castle itself, the, it also had an effect on uh, local businesses mm-hmm. and local infrastructure. Uh, I actually got a text from my friend, Andrew, who lives in Japan. Uh, and he said, the construction of the castle required uh the local forging of metal nails from the nearby village of Matsubara which went on to be called Matsubara nails the demand for these thick style nails dropped off in the early 20th century but the expertise for forging persisted so the metalworks pivoted to forging metal change for the naval ambitions in the 1910s uh to this day the Himeji metalworks account for 80% of Japan's production of metal chains that is a lot of chain it is a lot and all because of the castle needed nails yep the castle needed nails i think i've run into some of those nails (laughs) they'd be quite collectible if you do find any of that kind of nail of so welcome to himiji castle if you're going to japan or just go look it up online it's worth it take a virtual tour and i will throw in for 
your own home renovation. Do not be afraid to go look at something like this and steal some ideas. And the idea I like most with this, I'm going to agree with Max, is the fact that they're not afraid of open space. If your lifestyle has reached a point where you just don't need that stuff, let's face it, you're never going to get on that treadmill. Mm. Get rid of it. Let somebody else put clothes on it. (laughs) Now, I might be being a little too honest there. But let things, you know, it's like a Disney movie. Let things go. Of sometimes as you get to looking at stuff, whether it's a no demo reno, you can get in and just clean up, move things around. Maybe where you call the den needs to be the living room. Or maybe you don't need either. And what you really need is, especially if you have small children, you need a kitty rumpus room. Big playroom. And, you know, so that means you might be giving up the big couch and the big this and the big that. But would it make your life so much easier if these things weren't in the way? A little more minimalist approach to your existence. When you say these While things, you have, do you mean the couch or the kids? I well, you kind of can't get rid of the kids. Ah, so, okay. so the couch. You're supposed couch. to. You're supposed to look at the couch. So, do you really have to? Another thing I love to point out with this, especially looking at something like this castle that has had numerous purposes over the over the hundreds of years it's been there. Your house changes, honestly. Every seven years, you are in a new stage of life every seven to ten years. Yep. Do not be afraid to reorganize, declutter, uh, reset up, or reallocate rooms. Mm -hmm. Because, especially at my age, the number of people my age that have... we, We do love our loved ones, our nieces, our nephews, our sons, our daughters... But you know, when the birds fly the nest, mommy and daddy have been waiting for that sewing room, that craft room, that of, I'm not a big fan of the man cave, but I sure would love to bring back the library and the study. I would like to get a little more steampunk about that. So these are all things to take into consideration. So if you've never looked at the Winchester house online, go look. If you haven't looked at an Italian villa, Go look. Have you ever considered that your oven really needs a pizza oven? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, Depends on how much you use your kitchen, how much you cook. I know Scott and I cannot imagine people not cooking. But really, if you're not big in the kitchen, let's put that time, effort, and money into other aspects of your house. So, this is Tool Talk Radio from News Talk 98.9, The War of Memphis. And we'll be back with a wrap-up and some final words about home renovations, and we're going to throw in inspections. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. How tough am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. News Talk 98.9, the roar Actually, of Memphis. But, you know. Well, he got better iron intake than He you. did. He did. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Broadcast to you by the Brown Refrigeration Studios. Uh, We got just a few minutes. If you'd like to text us a question on the Big M Roofing Hotline at 901-683-0989. And if you're just now tuning in, 
Max and I are being joined this morning by Scott and Lori, and we have been discussing the wonderful world of renovation. Wonderful is an interesting term. <clears throat> well, it's wonderful when you get done. Yes, there. Okay. Yes. As I, I will tell you this, uh, there is a sense of complete satisfaction when you get a job done. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. You know, as I look at everybody, and I said, there's, there's, I may not know the definition of happiness, but I know the definition of things that cause unhappiness. And that is just simply things not working well. Mm-hmm. Of how hard is it to replace the float in a toilet? It's a $3 part. It's a two-minute job. And now you can quit yelling at the kids, jiggle the handle. I think we fixed mm. a we fixed a toilet with a bread tie one time. We, <laughs> you and I did. You and I did. I got the emergency phone call from you <laughs> one morning and went, you're not going to believe this. But I believe it was a Christmas morning. Oh, it was. It was last year over the holidays. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm, finally, I'm in there, and it's kind of like being a surgeon. I'm kind of like, you know, okay, I need a hose, a this, a rubber ducky, and a bread, bread tie. tie. And, okay, just get him a bread tie, whatever. <laughs> just get, next thing you know, everything's back in a good working order. So, of whether you're thinking of a small project or a large project, getting them done when you actually wipe that counter down or you've put in that new faucet, or you've replaced a toilet seat, or I mean anything, there is a sense of I no longer got to deal with that anymore. Or I can't wait to use that. Of the number of just quickie things I have built in people's backyards, including fire pits. Mm-hmm. This time of year, that's kind of a biggie. You know, you put the right kind of stones, you lay things out. It takes a day or two, but at the end of it, you're sitting there with your feet up. You got a nice little fire pit going. You got marshmallows on a stick. Life is not bad. I uh, think you raised a really good point of uh, take the little victories. Yes. Did you replace that toilet seat? Does it move up and down? Victory. Take it. Those and, little victories will pile into bigger ones. And if you look at a large renovation as a whole project, it is a little like eating an elephant. There's just no way. There's just no way. Well, the right sauce, cut it into small enough pieces, one bite at a time, you will get there. But again... Do you know from experience, Alan? (laughs) Yes, I do, actually. So it was actually hippo, but that's a different story. Okay, I'm going to have to call Pete on you. Yeah, we (laughs) What, what I will say from from my perspective of renovation, my, the renovations I've done are have generally been larger scale projects. Yes, and um, it, from the from the time you get the idea to renovate something, um, having a clear vision of what it's going to look like in your head before you get started, what the finished product project is going to look like, we talked about earlier is absolutely important. What I can say at this point in my renovation project is I can see what has been in my head manifesting physically in front of me. And I think that that has been just an amazing experience being able to take something that I designed on paper and now having it physically in front of me where I can I can touch what's been in my head for the last two years. You've also 
been really good at having a level of flexibility of when being told this is not going to work. But I want to defy gravity. What do you mean it won't work? Well, (laughs) physics exists. Um, And also listening to ideas from the, the other people on site. Yeah. And being able to be flexible and implement those. Being too rigid is a recipe for failure. Yes. Being able to flex when needed or when choosing to because that's a really good idea Mm -hmm. uh, is a big bonus and it makes things so much easier. Yeah. Well, that brings up a little project management for any larger scale project. Whether you're landscaping, whether you're doing inside or outside of the house or you're doing some kind of addition is you periodically need to have the project conversation. Mm-hmm. Compliment what you've, and please don't just fuss, compliment what you've gotten right. Right. Because usually it's 90% right and only this one little piece is aggravating you. So don't start with the one little piece that's aggravating you. Let's go through all the successes, you know. Did we get this tore out? Yes. Did we get this? Did we find that? Yes. Uh, Bob has a new pet, uh, set of tools and Scott's always wanted a hundred year old razor blade collection. So <laughs> welcome to all the little victories along the way. Now, the other thing I want to throw in at this point is on larger projects, there are going to be code enforcement inspections. Mm-hmm. And I am just going to stomp my little feet and hold my little breath and say, Please do not try to get around these. If you are doing something that requires a permit or an inspection, mm-hmm. please get it. Mm. Of little point in case here in Memphis, Tennessee, we do not exactly have to worry about hurricanes. I happen no. to be a native Houstonian. I grew up with hurricanes. I, I know both of you were from yeah. the, the coast. You know, you grew up with ocean weather, mm-hmm. and ocean weather is rough. I grew up in South Texas. We had hurricanes. I moved to, guess what, West Texas, tornadoes. You know, welcome to major storm events. So in a, la- in a recent project, you know, the code enforcement person comes back and goes, where's your weather strapping? <laughs> you need weather strapping in Memphis? You know, I got kind of, you know, the very first thought I had at that question was, this is Memphis. What are you talking about? And then I realized that I had just done a job a week before clearing a property of about 40 trees that got wiped during the thunderstorm in a straight line wind. And in my mind, I went, weather strapping. What a great idea. <laughs> you know, attaching the roof to the rest of the structure is not a terrible idea. It's probably Making not sure your roof is not a giant Frisbee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent idea. And one thing I will say for the weather the weather strapping. Oh, it doesn't look like much, does it, Scott? It is a thin piece of like, it, it looks feels like, like aluminum. Wasting your time, doesn't it? It mm-hmm. is about two cents worth of metal. And you pick it up and you go, this isn't going to do a thing. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Then you have to take one off the wall because you nailed it in wrong. And our must-have item of the week didn't do a thing to it. It took it took us going, put let Alan put his hands on it, and then it took you another 10 minutes to get that strap off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That is two cents very well spent. Yes. Yep. Of just because you're looking at it and you're going, I don't get what this is going to do. It does something. It, it does. does something you need. Making sure your electrical is correct is mm-hmm. a huge safety issue. And for heaven's sake, making sure your plumbing is right. What I will say is there are a lot of uh, books and resources um, online. Um, the IRC code. Yes. Um, the IRC is the, the IRC code is the standard by which most municipalities are going to look at your structure and tell you what is up to code and what is not up to code. Um, and uh, the IRC code, uh, there's a couple different years. They'll tell you which one you have to follow. And there's a guidebook. You know, it yes. will tell you if you have plumbing, the plumbing has to be has to meet this criteria. If you have electrical, it has to meet this criteria. If you're rebuilding a wall or putting walls in, is it 16 inches? Is mm-hmm. it 24 inches? You know, all of that will be in the code book. So it will help you build a better house or restructure something if it's a larger renovation. So the great thing is don't be afraid to renovate, but be an informed renovationist. Yes. So make sure that you've done a little research, take a little time, ask some questions. If you got a buddy that's good at this stuff, you know, an evening of pizza and libations and a few questions, not a bad idea. You've got somebody that's done a similar one. Ask them their experience. Go look at some YouTube videos and be ready to succeed at a renovation and do not worry about passing an inspection. It's a chance to show off your work. (laughs) Really, Uh if you've done it right and you've done it well, an inspection is a validation that we're doing something correctly. It's a great thing to do. So believe it or not, that has been a couple of hours with us. So this is Tool Talk Radio. I'm Alan Gilbreth, and I'd like to thank Max for, of course, doing an amazing job on the boards. And I'd like to thank my friends Lori and Scott for coming in and sharing their stories. So again, this is Tool Talk Radio on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.